It's the Dogcast, episode number 374, Big Game, Clean Old Fashioned Hate. It's the Georgia Tech pregame show in Athens at noon on Saturday. Big weekend for football, guys. Let's check it out. All right, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 374. This is the Georgia Tech pregame show coming to you live from Athens. We are in the bunker 60 feet beneath the surface of Sanford Stadium. Tomorrow, senior day, final game for a lot of these seniors, old dog. It's going to be a big day. It's Tech is a in town. A group of seniors that has never lost to Georgia Tech. Don't know what it's like to lose to the Bugs from uh, North Avenue. The nerd herd. I tell you what, man. You know, but this is not the first senior class we've had that could say that recently, right? No, oh, absolutely not. It seems like one after another. Exactly, right? As long as Paul Johnson stays down there, everything's good in Athens. Uh, beating the nerds has kind of become our calling card. It's a Mark Rick specialty. Um, only lost to Paul Johnson once. Only lost one in the last 13 years, old dog. Oh, I know. How much of this rivalry, I mean, you know, you were around, I know, I know, I think you hate tech more than I do in general, you know, and um, I mean, how much of this, has this rivalry lost any luster? Has it lost any of its, uh, any of its shine since I we would, just beat the, the brakes off of it? It has a little bit. I mean, it's not, certainly not our biggest. If I had to rank them, I would, I would say Florida is still our biggest followed by Auburn, might possibly even slide South Carolina since they've got the the ACS in there uh, before Tech. So, I mean, Tech is maybe 3A and 3B, but there's certainly certainly 3 and maybe even 4. And, you know, it, it goes back, I think, a lot, too, of, you know, what the Florida folks kind of felt about us you know, up until a few years ago, you know, to be a to be a rivalry, you've got to have some, you know, you've got to beat them every now and then. Sure, it has to be kind of competitive, right? Exactly. Uh, so, so it is, a, but it is still a big game. I mean, it is. Oh, it, it is. Rivalry. I mean, it's for bragging rights in the state. Uh, you know, I can't really say that it affects recruiting a lot because you know we run just a, a dismal dank you know, non-productive offense. And, you know, of course, Paul Johnson is getting the best, <laughs> you know, offensive players in the state, you know, to run his his high-powered uh, his, offense that's, you know, just to talk of the town. His glittering city-on-a-hill high school offense, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, that uh, everyone wants to emulate. Sure. I mean, it's known It's known From, from Georgia wide. Southern to Navy to, you know, who knows? <laughs> exactly. To, to, uh, to Benedictine, uh, 
you know, to, to Groves High School, to, to Grove High to School, Burns, maybe I think you know, Macon to Westlake, you Burn, name it, they're oh, running I'm it. De La Salle's thinking about running that offense. I, lots of high schools are thinking about getting on board with Paul Johnson. Exactly. His his camp is full of is full of high school coaches in the summer. All, all the big boys. But, uh, yeah, so it is a big game. We kind of make fun of them a little bit because, I mean, hey, they're the nerds, you know. Um, you know, I know a lot of nerds. I have some family members. My father-in-law went to Georgia Tech. I have some current cousins that go to Georgia Tech. Uh, there, You know, it's, it is – so there is a lot. If you live in Georgia, if you're from Georgia, if you have friends in Georgia, you know people that go to Georgia Tech. You know guys that have been to Georgia Tech. And, you know, their little joke is – the only thing they hang their hat on is, you know, oh, well, we're so smart. We're, we're captains of industry. Oh, you'll be washing my car one day. Uh, you know, that, that's the thing. That, they love to talk about that, you know. Yeah. But um, they don't you talk know, about again, much. I mean, it, it's just a dismal existence. I mean, their, their campus is like an armed camp. You know, they're in the middle of the projects. You know, you've it's got to like go through TSA security. Yeah. You know, to get in and out, you take your life in your own hands walking around. Uh, you're probably <laughs> mingling with terrorists, you know, left and right. I heard Bin Laden hid there for a year. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it's just nuts. It, it's no place a normal person wants to be. Not to mention, yeah, and especially not a normal college student, you know, because it is, it is by and large a, a sexless existence, you know. There are, you know, no girls, there are no hot girls that go to Georgia Tech. Uh, it is basically a sex-free zone um, because of the student body there involved. It is, they're big on comics, though, big on, you know, role play, tricycles, uh, st- you know, Star Trek, that sort of thing. Comic-Con, that's a big deal. That's there, huge right? form, yeah. They're not cool. They're not down with girls, but they are down with Comic-Con, you know. And they're down with the chop block. Um, the yeah. cut block is kind of their thing. Uh, that's also one thing that they're big on. So let's talk a little bit about the game, old dog. Um, we've played these guys a lot. We've done a lot of Georgia Tech pregame shows on the Dogcast. And it's always the same story. There are two things that you have to do to beat Paul Johnson. Todd Grantham knew this, old dog, and I know that you know it. Two things you have to do. First, and you've heard us say this a lot, is you have to play assignment football, right, old dog? You have to stay, you have to stay home. There, there's no doubt about that. You have to be disciplined on defense. No doubt. You have to be disciplined, you have to stay home, you have to stay in your lane, you have to keep contained. And then number two is hit the freaking quarterback on every play. Whether he's got the ball or not, whether he rolls out, whether he passes, whether he runs, whether he dives, whether he meshes, the quarterback gets planted every play. Every play, pound, pound, pound the quarterback. Absolutely. If you do those two things effectively, stay home and hit the quarterback, you got it. But if you don't, he's going to hurt you. You know, yep. that's the thing. And, you know, we have been, we have been hurt on folks, you know, breaking, breaking to the outside, breaking our containment out there. Uh, you know, I guess the, the big terminology this year is, you know, we, at, at times, we have not set the edge very well. Set the edge, exactly. And, and that is something that definitely needs to happen. We cannot go, you know, just run around like chickens with our head cut, cut off, biting willy-nilly on fakes, you know, and coming in. 
Uh, right. You know, I think Leonard Floyd sat out a game because of that type of play. Well, uh, if you, you look at the, you know, the best thing that happened to us this year, I mean, it was the worst thing that happened to us, but now that we're at the Georgia Tech game, that Florida game, they did a lot of this mesh option, uh, you know, dive play, uh, you know, option type edge play a lot. Florida did against us, and it was a huge wake-up call because, you know, kind of our manhood was questioned, our setting the edge was questioned, our discipline was questioned, our toughness was questioned. And since then, the defense has really performed pretty well, especially look at that Auburn game, you know. Well, I mean, they, yeah. I mean, you know, they performed well against Auburn. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm saying since yeah, the Florida ain't, game. Ain't right? a whole lot you can hang your hat on here for, you know, Charleston Southern or college. No, you're right, but I'm just saying was, since then, I think they got the message, though. I'm, I'm hoping that message carries over to this week is what I'm saying. Well, I uh, exactly. I mean, we need we need the team that showed up against – Missouri, against Arkansas, and against Auburn. We need that defense to show up. I mean, our offense pretty much has shown up time and time again. And They're going to do their I, thing. I, I don't think scoring points is going to be a major problem against Tech. And I'll tell you right now, once we beat Tech, they're going to say it really doesn't matter because they were looking towards the championship game of – the all-cupcake conference. Yes, exactly, the all-cupcake conference. You know, that's a problem. That could possibly be a problem for both teams this week, old dog. You know, we've got two potential divisional champions in Tech and Georgia, and we'll know that later today at, once at Arkansas two, kicks off at 2.30. And again, kicks off at 2.30. You know, and, and I hope, and again, this falls squarely on the shoulders of our coaching staff. Uh we don't need to be concerned. The team doesn't. We as fans obviously will be. But the team doesn't need to be concerned with what happens in where they play in the thing, in Arkansas. It's in Missouri. No, in it's Missouri. in Missouri. Yeah. In, in Columbia. I mean, we, we had the opportunity, this team had the opportunity to take care of their own business and failed. And if we don't get to the championship game, it's squarely on them and their pitiful performance in Jacksonville. But they need to put that behind them, and they need to go out and pay, play the best game they can, no matter what Arkansas does. I've got my fingers crossed that Arkansas does win and that we get a chance to play Alabama in Atlanta. Uh, I, think it, I think that would be a hell of a game, and it would be a great one to go to. But win or lose, the coaching staff needs to have this team ready to play. And I don't want to hear any excuses about, well, you know, if Missouri does win, you know, it was a letdown and, you know, there was nothing to play for or anything like that. I mean, these guys need to get out there and play for pride. Play for pride because play they for have, seniors? They have all, they've, they've shot themselves in the foot and lost to two very, very mediocre teams this year. Well, they need to play because they were not for, ready and they were not prepared to play the game mentally. Play for the hedges, by God! You know the worst thing I hate, and a lot of people haven't even seen this. It depends on the age of dog you are, but I'm telling you what, and I told my own kids because my kids haven't seen a Tech win in Sanford yet. I'm telling you what, kids, you do not want to be a part 
of a Georgia Tech victory in Sanford Stadium. No, you, you don't would, want to see Tech players with pieces of the hedge in their mouth not. or anything I'm else. I'm telling you what, that is the worst, isn't it? I was telling yeah, my kids about that last night. They, they deface the hedges in a way that you, if you haven't seen it, you do not want to see it. They stick crap in their face masks. They look like damn deer antlers or something. They stick giant pieces of hedge in their face mask. They hold it in their teeth. They stomp up and down on the 50 at the logo, Big G. And I tell you, it is, it is not a fun thing. It is not the taste you want to carry out of Sanford Stadium in your last game. If you're David Andrews or Chris Conley or Hudson Mason, I promise you, if you, if you think you can't get fired up, if you think, hey, because you look at this Missouri game, old dog, there's two ways it could go. If Missouri wins, then like you said, then we've got the, oh, well, who cares? We didn't have anything to play for card to play. If Missouri loses... Then we're looking ahead, right? You, you think about it. There's, there's, there's danger on both sides of that equation. Well, there, I, there well could be, but again, but it shouldn't be. On no, it shouldn't side. be. And and I would think this team should just be extremely. If if Arkansas does win, which I think they will, they should come out even more fired up and ready to prove themselves. Can you imagine the field day that the media would have? If if the team that goes into Atlanta has three losses, and those uh, losses are to South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia Tech. You don't want to live in that world, kids. No. So I'm telling you, David Andrews. No, because that would, that would just stir up talk that, you know, do you really, should you have the division champs play? You oh. know, obviously it would be a much better SEC championship game if someone else from the West Played, you know, oh, should there be, be another oh. rematch between Alabama and Mississippi State? And, you know, it would just drone on and on and on again. Herb Street would immediately, would immediately be on College Dick Game Day. First words out of his mouth: "SEC, is it even relevant anymore?" Right. This is even <laughs> that, that more reason why Ohio State <laughs> needs to be in there. My, have, how have they fallen? Oh, the SEC, it's kind of like the Mountain West now. You know, I mean, like, oh, it doesn't even matter. Not even relevant. They, could, they would be tripping over themselves to say that, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, one way or the other, uh, this team needs to have some pride in itself and go out there and especially on defense play disciplined assignment football. And, again, this needs to be a game where I know this isn't going to happen. But we need to keep Paul Johnson's offense off the field, too. Absolutely. The best way for us to win is to run the ball on every play because I don't think they can stop us. We don't need to throw a pass. We need to grind their defense and play a field position game, not only keep them off the field, but keep giving them long, long fields. Exactly. So special teams have got to be on it. The offense has got to be grinding it with the running game, long, punishing drives, keep Paul Johnson's offense off the field, and keep their defense on the field. Now, nothing new there, but Paul Johnson's offense is especially dangerous when it comes to the injury front, especially when you consider these are Georgia Tech players who hate us. Exactly. They, they want to injure us, right? That's their thing. It's like their, their reason for being. So, guys – Grind them, run the ball, field position, hit the quarterback on every play. 
That's all you got to do. Piece of cake. That's it. I mean, just you know, just remember, we run this state. We run this state. Absolutely, man. It's still my favorite T-shirt. Uh, what about that Arkansas-Missouri game, old dog? Are you uh, are you excited about that game? Uh, I can't say I'm excited. I, I want Arkansas to win. Uh, I think they can. Uh, I hopefully Arkansas is going to be fired up. This is a chance for for redemption for them. I mean, they've kind of been the you know the whipping boy for the for the West for a long, long time, and you know they've kind of caught their stride. This is you know so so many times we've heard these analysts say you know they're they're ready for a win. Well, they've gotten on kind of a roll. I don't think. They've been scored on what in eight quarters? They haven't been scored on in eight quarters. They're uh, the analogy I like. You know, they're they're getting hot at the right time. You know, well, I mean, like we just about, need to. You know, they talk thing. about the bad Bo Wallace. We need we need the the interception prone Matty Mock to show up. Yeah, the panicky Matty Mock. We need the bad I mean, Matty to show up. I mean, I would love, I would love for us to be able to play in the SEC championship game. Uh, but again, here we are, another year where we've got to, our hopes rest on somebody else beating somebody. I know, I know, I know. Relax, relax. It's going to be okay. We got the Arkansas-Missouri game. How about the Iron Bowl, old dog? Who do you like in that game? Oh, Alabama's going to destroy Auburn. <laughs> but, but here it is. I am picking an upset in the Florida-Florida State game. Really? Florida. You're going with the Gators? I'm going with the Gators. Florida is going to beat Florida State. i tell you what. Let's talk for a second. Because I, I kind of want to take the pulse of the dog nation on this. Because we had a conversation about this this week. I mean, there's no team that we hate more than Florida, right? We all agree Absolutely. on that. No team. And there is no time ever when I pull for Florida. I have often said if Florida was playing against the Taliban – I would wrap my head in a towel and scream Allah Akbar, right? There, but, there's no doubt. And I would take and, and I will take no no joy out of Florida beating Florida State. I just think they are. Well let me I, I think Florida State is is held together with smoke and mirrors and I just you know, hate the way they've handled the whole Jameis Winston situation. I think Florida's defense is gonna come up big for champ this week. Well, I, think I mean, I mean Florida, Florida plays throughout, throughout his tenure there. Florida has consistently played pretty good defense. It's their well, offense is where they have been absolutely woeful. And I well, don't think do Florida that thing State's they did got us, the firepower to take care of stop that running game. If they do that same sort of mesh option running game that they did against us, I think they'll be successful against Florida State. But here's what I was going to tell you, man. My wife, the showbiz wife, as you know, also a Georgia grad, uh, hates Florida every bit as much as I do. She, she told me this week that she has been – this is how much she hates Jameis Winston and Jimbo Fisher. She really, really dislikes Jameis Winston and Jimbo Fisher, so much so – that she says, you know, I'm gonna. She's going to pull for Florida. She oh, wow. wants Florida to win. She's, dare I say it, cheering for Florida. That's crazy. See, what I, mean, I would, 
one. I, I would hope. I haven't seen that happen. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. She's actually going to cheer for them, but wow. she wants Florida to win, which in, in and of itself is a revelation. That's a huge move. Now, see, what I, what I would hope for would be that the team buses crash into each other on their way to <laughs> Doe Campbell Stadium, and somehow that's recorded as a loss for both. Right. It's like a forfeit. They both it, simultaneously forfeit. Exactly. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Now, see, that would be the kind of thing I could get behind, right? Um, okay, uh, so <laughs> that's kind of a, a morbid note, but I, I do totally agree with you on that. So, guys, we do have a bit, though. You know, the DogCast intern has done a fantastic pregame breakdown of Georgia Tech. So we're going to see what he said. I mean, he's full of turkey. He did this huge thing yesterday. He was down here in the bunker yesterday. He had one of those giant turkey legs, you know, that looks like a uh, like a like looks a, like a club that 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 Bam Bam on the Flintstones used to carry around. Yeah, so he's eating one of those. Looks giant like something off of a Baranosaurus or so, a pterodactyl leg. He's studying film. He's got a headset on. The Dogcast intern is fully committed to the pregame, the pregame proprietary uh, show notes that he comes up with. So we're going to roll Dogcast intern here and let let him tell you a little bit more about the wreck from Tech. And then we'll be back to wrap up the show after he gets finished with his look. What's up, Dogcast? Bradson Dog here for this week's scouting report on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. That's right. It's clean, old-fashioned hate week this week, boys. We take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Tech comes into this averaging 38 points a game. They've been giving up 24. Uh, this is a team that is at the at the moment right now has 600 rushing attempts offensively. Um, they have thrown the football 161 times on the season. Total offense, they have run 761 plays. Uh, so offensively, these guys uh, no. No surprise, they are one of four programs in the NCAA that runs the true triple option still from high school. Here's what we're looking at from these guys across the board. Uh, they opened up the season with Wofford, played Tulane, barely squeaked by Georgia Southern, and then beat Virginia Tech, Miami, uh, lost two to Duke and then North Carolina, and then beat Pittsburgh, Virginia, North Carolina State. And then finally played their first ranked opponent this uh, this past week before their bye, Clemson. That's the same team we beat. So uh, coming into Saturday, they are go- about to play their second ranked team. Um, they uh, are actually ranked 16th by the AP. So right now, uh, this will be our fifth uh, rank- ranked game of the year. Uh, for this, this will be their second ranked uh, game. So they actually went through... Uh, their first 10 games of the season without even playing anybody ranked. They have played in front of a, uh, oh, kind of funny note, they've actually played in front of a crowd of 30,000 when they went to Tulane in New Orleans. So I'm sure that felt like a high school game for a lot of those guys. Uh, defensively, quick little breakdown. They do give up 24 points a game. Um, they they struggled defensively. Uh, they, are, they are respectively 10th and then 10th, giving up uh, rush and pass in their own conference. So if you've got three ranked teams in a conference of 14 that uh, are that weak and you're giving up uh, the, the large amount of yards and scores, 
Um, that has to make us feel good going into this. They are particularly weak against the run. And uh, if I'm Nick Chubb, uh, this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a lot of fun come Saturday. Um, they are head coached by Paul Johnson. We know him, uh, the mad scientist, if you will. And speaking of Paul Johnson, really quick, I wanted to give a, a quick little shout out because Dr. Lou Holtz had a quick word about the Georgia Tech offense. Oh, when you're down twenty-four-seven, you go to halftime, and if you're Coach Izzy, you say, "Boy, we should have been down forty-seven. That's we're right. Not, and we're down by seventeen. We averaged forty points a game. Anyway, we should score twenty on our own. Defense pick up one touchdown. Kate gave Bama one touchdown. We got." Okay, in case you didn't get any of that, uh, really quickly, um, Georgia Tech is actually uh, fourth in the nation in rushing. Um, they actually trail the uh, nation's leader in rushing. That'd be Georgia Southern. Navy and Wisconsin uh, nationally. Uh, they do have um, uh, some pretty good backs. And, and as Old Dog talked about and uh, kind of talked about in the, uh, uh, in the Charleston Southern postgame, they are good at what they do. And, and they do now have a system in place where they do have guys that come in and they grow through their system and they do understand what their job is. They're not going to have a 1,000-yard rusher or a 1,500-yard rusher um, they have a, a very, very cohesive system of backs that come in throughout the uh, entirety of the season. And all of them get time. All of them get touches. And uh, we are going to see that starting with the quarterback, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is a sophomore. Justin Thomas was recruited, actually, by Alabama to play defense out of high school in Birmingham. And he actually chose to go to Georgia Tech, attend, and play quarterback. Thomas actually leads the team with 153 carries for 827 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the fullback uh, is a senior, Zach Lasky. He goes 124 carries, 608 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Sinjin Days is also a uh, slot back. He's 100 carries, uh, 592 yards, three touchdowns. This guy used to be a former quarterback. Tony Zinnan is also a senior running back. He has 43 carries for 289 yards, four touchdowns. Broderick Snoddy, um, junior running back, 28 carries, uh, 283 yards, three touchdowns. Tim Byerly, also a quarterback, will get in there as a runner also. 45 carries, 204 yards, seven touchdowns. Deion Hill, 21 carries, 134 yards, three touchdowns. And then Matt Connors, 21 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. These guys just keep going down the list. There's a there's just a host of these guys. The bottom line is when you get up against these guys, you have to account for the quarterback first. He has got to be accounted for because this guy can run. He can go. He's pretty good at what he does. Um, second off, though, uh, Lasky is pretty good at getting that four to five yards a pop. We saw that last year, and uh, he has got to be accounted for by the defense. What makes me feel good about this, uh, and to answer your question, Derek, an old dog. Coach Pruitt has never seen um, a Paul Johnson offense. However, this should make you feel somewhat okay about this. Florida State did play Nevada last year, who, who runs a very similar situation out of the pistol. So basically just remove the quarterback from under center. Uh, Nevada still does a lot of the same stuff, a lot of cut block and uh, triple triple influence plays. So uh, he has seen that, and Florida State won that game 62-7 to last year. So um, Coach Pruitt um, does have the advantage of that. The other thing that is good is we do run a 3-4. So uh, 
So we do have that nose um, that is actually going to be able to account for Lasky every play. And even if he does get double blocked or high load or he does get chipped, we will have linebackers right there. So our faster guys will be able to get to the box fast. They'll be able to set the edge. They'll be able to keep the edge. The main thing it's going to come down to will be our safeties. And uh, Corey Moore, Quincy Mauger, uh, Damian Swan, those guys are going to be very key this week. Very similar game plan, honestly, to Auburn. I mean, you just basically are putting the guy under center. But also here is where Tech finally has got a guy that should kind of make us be a little nervous because it's Justin Thomas throwing the football. He's 75 for 145, which is only 51%, but he's 1,396 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. This is actually one of the best quarterbacks we've faced all season, uh, believe that or not. I know that's kind of that's kind of uh, probably tough to believe, it, but outside of Matty Mock from Missouri, um, who does have pretty good numbers. We have not faced a quarterback with these type numbers just yet. So what's going to be the key is our corners and our safeties have got to see what's happening in front of them. Uh, they do have a big physical receiver. Seems like Tech always is able to get one or two of these guys every couple of years. But his name is DeAndre Smelter, a senior. He's 32 catches, 671 yards. He has seven touchdowns. Um, Darren Waller is also another big guy, 15 catches, 248 yards, three touchdowns. The rest of these guys are not going to be anything that we really need to be overly concerned about. Uh, but those two are going to be those play-action guys that we really, really have to be careful with. Um, now, defensively, what you're looking at here with Georgia Tech is that these guys have struggled. Uh, these guys have um, they have struggled facing uh, really lighter, up-tempo offenses. Um, seeing Georgia line it up and come right at them, uh, with our gigantic offensive line, our punishing fullback, and then our um, very, very pissed-off tailback behind it, that's probably going to be something very different for them. Uh, when you go against the likes of uh, of Wofford uh, and then even Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern kind of was able to do whatever they wanted against them. Um, whole different scheme. Uh, they've got a couple good linebackers. Paul Davis is a sophomore. He's got 90 tackles on the season. Quayshawn Neely's also got 75 tackles. Uh, three defensive backs, D.J. White, Damon Smith, and then Isaiah Johnson, two juniors and a senior. They go for, for all over 50 tackles apiece. Um, Jamal Golden, that bunch, has four interceptions. And uh, D.J. White, uh, aforementioned, he's also got three interceptions. Uh, Quayshon Neely, a linebacker, does have two interceptions on the season. Uh, and these guys are not bad. Um, now, up front is where they seem to not be very good, and this is good for us. Uh, Keyshawn Freeman is their best defensive lineman. He's a freshman. He's got 41 tackles. He's got three and a half sacks. Um, Adam Gotsis is a junior defensive lineman. He's got 24 tackles. He's got two sacks. Um, these guys are uh, are not very good defensively. So we should be able to put on quite a show, and this should be very, very entertaining um, on Saturday. Uh, that being said, the, the the pressure should be off of Hudson Mason to have to do his thing. But they will get in the box, and they probably will have at some points uh, moments in the game where they are able to uh, slow us down. If that's the case, then we just put the uh, put the foot right on the pedal and attack them with the uh, with our passing game at the perimeter, and uh, hopefully uh, Hudson Mason comes ready to go. Um, Interesting because tech fans, tech fans are interesting people. 
um, if if you know any of them. It's it's funny because they always like to say that Georgia fans and Georgia graduates are stupid people and they're idiots. I would like to point out though that Georgia Tech graduates, um, as far as their football team, are sixty three percent. Now I'm no uh, I'm no professor, but sixty three percent. I believe it's failing, if you were to put it on an academic scale of, of sorts, if you will. Uh, meanwhile, the University of Georgia's football team uh, is actually at 82% graduation over their uh, their NCAA 12-semester uh, count rate from admission to the university in their first semester. So um, for tech grads, you can suck it. Um, 82% graduate rate. Um, and really quick, I uh, wanted to give a, a quick shout-out. Um, this week's commercial, Life Alert, is brought to you by Coach Paul Johnson and Coach Urban Meyer of The Ohio State. When I became deathly ill, I was able to summon an ambulance, my next-door neighbor, my family, and my doctor without picking up a telephone. I used this remote control to contact Life Call, my 24-hour emergency medical response service. Watch you just press this button and speak into the air and... I'm having chest pain. I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. So there you have it this week's... Uh... Uh, commercial Life Alert uh, brought to you by Paul Johnson and, of course, Urban Meyer. If you're having chest pains, okay, or you're just feeling too old and you've fallen and you can't get up, think about those guys and they'll take care of it. Hey, having a little fun, by the way. Uh, what's the difference between a Georgia Tech cheerleader and a catfish? One has whiskers and smells, and the other is a catfish. What do you call a Georgia Tech grad with an ACC championship ring? That is funny. Why don't Georgia Tech players get caught selling autographs? Because no one gives a shit. <laughs> Bobby Dodd Stadium, hosting 50,000 virgins six times a year. What does Georgia Tech and marijuana have in common? Both of them get beaten and smashed and smoked in bowls. How did Tech fans count to 12? 0 and 1? 0 and 2? 0-3? What do Tech fans say when they see Coach Richt? Daddy. What do Tech fans say when they see Nick Chubb? Oh, shit. How do you keep a Georgia Tech player out of your yard? Put up goalposts. How do you get a Georgia Tech graduate off your front porch? <laughs> Threaten to break his nerd, his nerd face in two. How did Georgia fans get their, why did Georgia fans get their gear at Walmart? Because even Walmart is ashamed of Georgia Tech. Go dogs, clean old fashioned hate. We'll know something before the game and kickoff. So go dogs. You see what I mean, old dog? You see what I mean? The, the intern is working hard, man. The turkey leg, I think, made the difference. Well, I'll tell you this. The intern definitely works a lot harder than you and I do. <laughs> there's, no there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty common for upper management and interns in all companies, I think, there's, right? Exactly. The only, thing, the only thing, though, the intern gets paid just as much as you and I do. <laughs> that's true. We're all on the same pay grade, you know? Exactly. Speaking and of, what a good segue. Speaking of getting paid. Speaking of getting let's talk, paid. Let's talk cups and T-shirts. 
We are still running our <laughs> Christmas special, old dog. Now, I tell you, we don't have any – well, I think we might have – Do you have two. any special sale for Black Friday if someone orders today? Black Friday, just if somebody orders today, if you hear the show today, here's the special for Black Friday. A dually cup and a regular cup if you buy a T-shirt. Oh, man. Buy a T-shirt, get two cups free. Holy mackerel. Can you believe but, it? But, but your PayPal has to be posted by midnight tonight. That's right. PayPal has to be posted on Black Friday. But if you buy a T-shirt today, if you go to dogcast.com, Click that PayPal Buy It Now button, hit it up where it says T-shirt, you will get a Dooley Cup and a regular 2014 Stadium Cup, two for one on the free cups, actually two for none. Buy a T-shirt and get two cups free. But in addition to that, guys, we also are still running, and I'll tell you, as you know, old dog, the response to the Michael Davenport art project has been phenomenal. People there, have gone no crazy. Doubt. That, that poor guy has has been up twenty four hours. He's had to produce more pictures. <laughs> or well, I will say we have had more inquiries. We have, and I tell you guys, I just want to tell you how proud. I, I don't know, proud's not the word, but I'm just happy to be a part of a thing like the Dogcast. I'm happy to have listeners and supporters that are as awesome as you guys. Um, Literally, I mean, I'll tell you this, though. We haven't actually sold. You know, there's a, big, there's a big chasm, old dog, as you know, between people asking about the artwork and people actually sending money, right? Absolutely. So we actually only sold about six paintings, right? But, that, but still, honestly, hell, I didn't know how many we were going to sell. I didn't know if we'd sell one or two, you know? So well, I that's don't know. six more than I thought we would. Yeah, that's, uh, that's 600 bucks. That's going to go to this kid, this Michael Davenport, you know, a guy who lives on the street, who paints with a Sharpie between his teeth and has no arms and only one and a half feet. The dude lives on the street. I mean, people have gone and looked up, you know, there's a Channel 11 XIA special about him. Um, But, you know, and that happened years and years ago. The guy still lives on the street. He's still, you know, day to day, bill to bill painting to painting with his money, you know, and he's a good guy, and he tries hard. I've got emails from people who knew this guy and saw this guy when they were on the street when they were students years ago. He's been doing this for years, and he's a pretty cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy, and we're just trying to help him out. We've got some of these paintings. We have about 15 paintings in inventory. Um, My friend Eric, who you heard on the last show, if you want to go back and rewind that, Dogcast episode number 373. But we have some of these paintings, and we're really just trying to sell these paintings so we can buy more paintings, which is a way, my friend's way of helping him out is basically, we don't just give him money. We make him do something for it, right? He's got to work for it. That's the American way. We don't give him a handout, right? Even if we're just stacking paintings, hell. That's why we're, we're not the federal government. We're not the federal government, so we make him work for these paintings. If we can sell some, we'll make him do some more paintings, and we'll get him to do some more paintings and, and give him some more money. You know, That's the idea. So we're going to buy more paintings from him. Every painting you guys buy is $100 that goes in his pocket. So uh, I really appreciate the support. If you guys are interested, it's just a cool thing we're doing, man. It's a really cool thing. Um, 
And I, I don't even know how to say it, man, but I just really appreciate it. It's a great thing we're doing for this guy, and I feel awesome about it. You guys should feel awesome about it, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. You guys stepped up in a big way. I know I've sent out probably 30 or 40, maybe 50, actually, emails of people that wanted to know about the project, wanted to know about what to do and everything, and I haven't heard back, like I said, from, but from about six of you. Those of you, you know, there's no real time limit on this. I was trying to get it done by Christmas. That's my plan. As, as the weather gets colder and stuff and we get closer to Christmas, you know, I want to kind of get it done in the month of December. So if you're interested, email me, and I will send you the little file. I'll send you the little email that I've been sending to everybody else. If you've already gotten that email from me but you haven't bought a picture, we would love for you to get involved. We still have some pictures available, and we're not above going and getting him to make some more pictures, right? Absolutely so not. We're down there's, with that, guy. No, there's no depth we won't sink to. <laughs> it's a cool thing. That's for the Michael Davenport Art Project. If you go to dogcast.com, click on our PayPal button. There's a thing there that says Dogcast Custom Art. Just click on that and uh, we'll get you a painting in the mail. Definitely going to get it before Christmas. Those of you guys who have already ordered them, be patient because, honestly, we're making this up. We haven't even figured out how we're going to package these things yet. I, I haven't decided. I mean, I don't have a box. that We've got to figure it out, but we will get it to you. We'll get it to you in the next week or two or something like that. It, it won't, it's not coming tomorrow, but it will definitely be there you know, by the middle of December. we just got to figure out how to wrap it up safe. Um, guys, it's an awesome thing, though. Cups, shirts, buy them. That's the Derek and Old Dog charity. We're big fans of that charity as well. Um, also, the Michael Davenport charity for the custom art. Guys, it's a great holiday season. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Arkansas. Go Dogs. Old Dog. Happy this, Thanksgiving, Old Dog. Well, let's, absolutely. You two and all the listeners. And uh, let's let Friday be the day of the hog and Saturday be the day of the dog. Copy that. Go Dogs. Thank <laughs> you.